It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customer. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. In the studio with me, Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. To the top, to the top. To the top, man. So, um, again, well, before I get to all that, if this is your first time listening, this is your weekly break from the High Resource 5 propaganda. I have to say that to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. So, um, again, Jamie thinks he lines up a guest. Swing and a miss. Once and, again. And, and, and here I am. And here you are. But next week, that is all going to change. We're going to break the streak. We're going to break the streak because I've already recorded an interview with the one and only Bill Ingvall. Woohoo! From the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. He is going to be on next week's episode of To The Top Talk. Also, Ken Oliver, the man who founded Last for Life. We're going to make it a Last for Life episode Still going to have some Southern Miss stuff in the mix, but Bill Ingvall, as well as Kent Oliver, are going to be on next week's show. Had some pretty cool comedians. That's that's going to be a, that's going to be a really good one. It was, we had a lot of fun uh, talking this morning, and and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So, what in the world do you ask a guy like that? I don't know. You just kind of just t- I, you know I tried to prep up, but it was tough because I mean I know he's just a guy, but yeah. he's, he's Bill Ingvall. Yeah, it's like we can't – I mean, we really can't talk Southern Miss. You know, we kind of talk a little comedy. I'm sure he's heard of Southern Miss. Oh, yeah, he's heard of Southern Miss. He he has. Um, I mean, you know, just the normal stuff. Yeah, just stuff. the normal stuff. And and you'll get to hear about that on next week's show. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's different from interviewing like a former quarterback or like mm-hmm. a coach or, you know. Speaking of former quarterback, I might have us an interview lined up. I, re- I know, and we're not going to jinx it. No. Because we've – I've – I'm, I've swung and missed the past few weeks. Well, if I pull this off, I'm going to be one for one. You're going to be one for one, like man. Birbiglia. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we are kind of getting the football fever, guys, and so that's kind of what we want to talk about today. First off, a little bit of news before we get to all that. They had some of the preseason award watch lists. Uh, some of those were announced this week. The Maxwell Award for the nation's best running back. Ito Smith is a nominee, well-deserved, and, and I'm sure there will be more watch lists heading his way. For tight end, the John Mackey preseason award watch list, Julian Allen, the, neither of these two are shockers. Mm-mm. The Lou Groza Award for the best kicker, Parker Schoenfeld is on the watch list. So, I mean, that makes sense on all three of those. I could definitely see that happening on all three of those. You know, and I also saw Conference USA tweeting these out as well. I didn't see him tweet out any other players. Are, are are these three players the only players in the conference that you know of that are on a watch list? I try to ignore what Conference USA tweets, so I don't really know. Yeah, I me mean, too. I didn't. <laughs> uh, maybe the only reason they showed up is because they have a Southern Miss. You probably tie. had Southern Miss people liking them and retweeting them. And for for the folks on Twitter out there, this is Twitter lingo. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm I think all three are are deserving to be on those. Award watch list. I think those are three of our best players coming back next year. In true Conference USA style, what will probably end up happening is Ido will 
like win the Maxwell Award and be like third team all conference. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did you see this week where they hired uh, somebody else in the conference front office, the guy that was at UAB when they went under in football? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Is anything ever going to make sense that they do? No, you know, that's why we just run our race, man. We just run our race at Southern Miss, and you know, hopefully they can keep up. I mean, pretty much. I mean, what do you know about the guy they hire? What's his name? I can't even remember his name. I've just I. Anyway, he, he was at UAB. He was at UAB. The and football he, program went under. Yeah, and went under financially. Went under, you know, you know, attendance wise. Nothing good happened. So obviously that's who you're going to look to hire. <laughs> right. Well, he just maybe he just needed a job and they were like, yeah, we need somebody we need somebody that uh wants to do this. Yeah. Are you alive? Are you alive? Do you can you do you know what a computer is? Is this the last job in sports you ever want to have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man. I you know and hey, I would love to be on the other side of it. I would love to be able to sit here and say, "Golly, Judy, so glad we got her." But it just keeps happening over and over and over. It started with the Tonka truck or whatever she was on. Yeah. You know, and now we can hire this UAB cat. Whatever. I do like the Martin Hanks hire. And, and I don't even know enough about Martin Hanks to say that he's doing a good job, but I like Martin Hanks. And, you know, he's a, he's a legend. So it's pretty cool to see him out, out at all the Conference USA stuff, even just as a figurehead. What is that, X-Niner? Yeah, X-Niner. used to do the chicken, chicken neck dance or whatever after he got an interception. Nice. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about a way too early analysis of this year in Southern Miss football. Come right back to us. We are back. Welcome back to To The Top Talk right here on the score 1400 AM and News Radio 98.1. So I mentioned that next week's going to be the Laughs for Life episode with uh, Bill Engvall. So you guys be sure to tune in for that. Also, next week, I'm going to put up an old interview. I'm going to put up one from the archives because Last Chance You, the second season, is coming out on Netflix July the 21st. So one year ago, I did an interview with Brittany Wagner, Mm -hmm. the academic enhancement specialist. I don't know what her title was. But uh, she talked a little bit about Alan Zay Stagger. She talked a little bit about Isaiah Jones. So in the spirit of that coming out, I'm going to post that interview on the To The Top Talk feed. So go on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Check that out. It was a great interview. We got a lot. When I when I was really doing the Airing It Out podcast, that one was by far the most listened to. I mean, and it's up on, it's up on YouTube. And I'm talking like the listens got up into the thousands right on that one so i was one of them yeah i mean it was it was a great she was great she's fantastic and is she still there she she no she, she left she she left and went to work for nukes and then she left and started some her all of her own academic consulting well that company. interview was the whole reason that i even turned on the uh, the episodes to begin with yeah you know and I, I didn't watch all i didn't get as into it as everybody did but um of course, in the interview, you know, she hits on a lot of Southern Miss players. So I'm actually interested to hear that again. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm looking forward to putting that out there. And that was on the airing it airing it out. It was on airing it out. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to put it on to the. I'm going to just take the interview and put it on the to the top talk feed. Okay. So, all right. So we're talking football. We were we were thinking about you know 
what, we still have like two months until, well, one and a half, one and some change until kickoff. Yeah, but you, you say like we still have that long. I, I can't believe it's it, coming it, it's that gonna quick. It's going to fly by, man. It's going to fly by. This is the time of the year where, um, you know, you start to notice, if you live in Hattiesburg, you start to notice like less traffic, you know, all the, you know, there's not as much um, cars filling up the parking lots on campus. And then the weather starts to change just a little bit towards the end. And then you can, I can always smell it in the air. And you start to see people start to roll in. You go down 4th Street, you see parents, you know, helping their kids, loading couches and everything like into the dorms. And You start getting hurricane watches. You start hearing the, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> of course. Everybody becomes an expert on millibars somehow. Right, right. Um, you're on a constant Cantori watch. But, uh, but yeah, you, then you start hearing the people tinkering around with the Jumbotron. I can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it from your I house. I can hear it from my I house, can, yeah. You know, um, start to hear those drums in the distance. Um and it's it's just my favorite. I'm, I'm getting fired up just talking about it right now. So so anyway, yeah, you act like it's so far away, but um, man, that is just Christmas morning for you know, eleven straight Saturdays, twelve straight, twelve well, thirteen, I guess, with the off week. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully fourteen. Wait. Hopefully we can make that championship game. So just looking at the season as a whole, what I did is I went to some of the betting websites and got some of the odds on how things were going to play out. And we're going to go through the schedule. It's too early to give predictions, I think, yeah. uh, justify, but we can kind of go through and talk about the games. But looking at the odds, so I looked up Conference USA odds on who was favored to win the conference and went through, got the opening lines, and then went through, you know, bet online, five dimes, sports betting, sports bet, got an average of those and kind of put them in order. So according to Vegas, Western Kentucky is a resounding favorite. I mean, some of the sites have them at, if you understand betting terms, a negative 140. Some have them at a plus 190 at this point. They're the only one that has a negative on any site. So you have to, that means you basically have to bet more than you'll win. So right now they've got Western as a ridiculous favorite. You know, uh, they got them in first place. I just don't see it. I mean, I know that they have a lot coming back, but they lost a lot. They lost the coach. It seemed like they were kind of in a, downward spiral right there when they when they got to the bowl games and at some point they're going to get starting they're going to begin to get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct i mean every game that i watch and, and if you go to these message boards you look around and, and i'm not just it's not just sour grapes because they beat us in that championship game even though th- there's obvious calls that weren't called you know yeah. i don't know i'm not saying it had a direct impact on the game but it pretty much had a direct impact yeah, on Yeah, game. when you're stepping right. on players. Yeah, elbowing, like suflex in the middle of the field. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then they lost their entire coaching staff. Right. And Their the, quarterback and gone? Uh, I think their quarterback is back. But all their recruits, their top recruits, flipped to Purdue, where the coach went, where Brom went. Mm. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to play out. Obviously, none of us do. But Let I, me ask you this. You know, we have a home field advantage at The Rock because The Rock gets loud. We've talked about it on the show before. You've had former players on the podcast talking about, you know, how it, it, they, it just makes them uh, – the adrenaline starts flowing. They run a little faster. They jump a little higher. Do you think that Western Kentucky has a home field advantage direct opposite way? Like With nobody it, being there? Yes. Maybe. Fedora actually talked about it back in the day uh, when Fedora was coaching here. I remember him talking about we were going to play SMU that week. 
Yeah. And nobody ever goes to SMU games. So he said that, you know, instead of having the speakers on at the Rock and, you know, pumping in music to try to get them ready for it, they went exactly opposite and didn't allow anybody to say anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out Western Kentucky. I mean, aside from just flat-out cheating. I guess if you, you know, maybe doing that, maybe turning off the sound and maybe teaching a little MMA, maybe that would be <laughs> the preparation you would need to take them on. Oh, I hope we get into the McGregor-Mayweather thing later. Oh, I know it's not Southern Miss, but I, I, just, I know you follow boxing. And I don't care either way, but I think I can. I think I can. I think I can get at you a little bit. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can. Um, so, yeah, Western resounding favorite. The over under on wins for Western Kentucky is nine and a half. That's a lot. That's a lot of wins. Uh, so, I'm not a betting man, but even though I looked up all these betting. Odds. You know a lot about betting. You're going to have to explain this to me like I'm a second grader because I'm just looking at plus 15,000. Well, that means uh, they really have no shot. Like if you bet on UTEP on some of these sites, mm-hmm. you bet $100, you're going to win 15000 if they win the conference. Wow. So, I mean, oh. hey, it's worth a shot. Well, okay. So they have to win the conference. Like the, the yeah, conference, this, is, this is for the comp- to win the championship. Like these win their odds. side of the league, go to the championship game, and win that game. Correct. That's okay. what these are for. And so, so if you bet a hundred dollars and they win, you come away with fifteen gur. Yep. Okay. So they really are basically giving them no shot. Right. If you bet on Southern Miss to win the national championship, you will win uh what was it? I think we were nine hundred and ninety nine nine hundred and ninety nine like nine hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars. Wow. So Again, that's but there were a lot of schools like that, you know. There's really only about twelve that have a shot. How mad would you be if USM ran the table? If you if you made that bet, USM ran the table and went to the Cotton Bowl. Because you're never going to get that that actual shot. What what if you did? What if they got this play? What if they what if they ran the table? They get in the playoffs. They win the first game. They go to the championship and lose like last second field goal or something. I would actually take that over just not even getting in the well, tournament. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. So the second most favored team would be Louisiana Tech. Um, the over/under on wins for Tech this year nine. What that? What I think that means is they'll probably lose to us and go play in the championship game still. But uh, nine is still a hefty. That's still a hefty total. So anything's possible, I guess. In third place, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I believe Middle Ten. Was uh, Jason Munz's pick to win That's the what I was looking East, at. right? And then the fourth ranked team, as far as the odds go, UTSA. That was his pick to win the whole conference. So MTSU, they have them uh, seven and a half wins over under. UTSA six and a half over under. Hmm. Southern Miss seven and a half wins over and under. Yeah, I know we had talked about that before. Yeah, and I think that I just. You know, pulled out of thin air. I said six and a half, and then it came out seven and a half. So it kind of took me as a shock. I, I'm the biggest fan on the planet. And we were kind of, I know we're not making our predictions today, but when we were just, you know, off the top of our head running through this schedule um, in the little prep meeting before, we. Let's run through it. Let's, let's talk about it. You want to go ahead? Yeah, let's go ahead. Because we're, we're at Southern Miss, seven and a half, which, you know, if you would have asked me before I looked at any of the games, I probably would have said six and six is about where I would project it not knowing what games were going to be what. So let's just go down. So the first game, September 2nd uh, versus Kentucky, 3 p.m. Kentucky's already a 10-point favorite. Mm -hmm. 
I hope we go in there and dominate. I hope we get we sneak one out. But not knowing what's happening with the quarterback position, not knowing who that's going to be and how they're going to perform, you, you have to probably say Kentucky should be favored to get their revenge in that game. I agree. So yeah, let's just say that. Let's just put that down as a loss right now. This is not a prediction. Yeah, this is not. This our is just. Normal, this is just. Yeah. Uh, some banter a month before. We're going to make predictions. Don't get me. Yeah, we're going to make predictions. A week or two before the season. Maybe a little bit before that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we got to see how the uh, summer camp plays out. All right. So the next game is September the 9th against Southern. We don't win that game. There's no point in talking about any of the rest of them. So we're going to. If, if we don't win that game, then you, 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 you'll be looking for a co host that Wednesday. <laughs> All right, then September 16th, we're at ULM. I'm going to chalk that up as a W. I will be traveling to that game. My wife actually sent me a text today. said, are you going to the ULM game? All right, and, so we're, we're, yeah. get, we're getting a conference here. So the next game yeah. is a conference game, September 30th versus North Texas. Now, if you look at the odds on where people are fa- are, are projected to finish, Vegas-wise, Vegas thinks that uh, they're going to be, what is that, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're going to be 10th. So they're projecting us to be fifth. No, I'm sorry, they're 11th. And then the over under on wins, they're projecting them at four over under. So you got to think that uh, regardless of what we, you know, I think we'll win the game, but apparently Vegas as well uh, thinks we will as well. So we'll chalk that up as a W. Mm-hmm. The next one, UTSA. Now, this is kind of tricky because UTSA. Is uh, they're over and under six and a half wins. Ours is seven and a half. You look at the projections on who's more likely to win the conference. They're just barely ahead of us. So just for the, I, I hope we win. I hope we go in there and just dominate Frank. But given how we've played over there, just for the sake of filling out the schedule, let's just put that down as an L. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been a tough place to play for us. And there's a couple of games out there we probably should have won. Thorn in our side. Thorn in our side. All right. Kind of like UAB got to be for a little while there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like there's no reason for it. No. We just, we just have problems. Next, October the 14th, we got UTEP at home for homecoming. UTEP, according to the odds on who's going to win the conference, dead last. So you got to think we can get a W in that game. Couldn't pick a much better conference homecoming game. No, you really couldn't. Then... Uh, the 21st, the next weekend, at Louisiana Tech. Now, recent history, we should win that game. But their they're over-under on, on wins is nine games. Um, they're you know the second most favorite team to win the conference. Just for the sake of this, filling out the schedule on how it's going to play out, we'll just put that as an L. Then we've got UAB. Now, see, they've got UAB a second to last on here. They've got UAB over-under on wins at 2.5 games. I think they're going to be better than that. They've done a heck of a job recruiting, given their situation the past couple of years. They've had players on the shelf now for two years. I think they're going to be better. I still think we win, but I, I see them winning more than two and a half games. So we'll put that as a W. And how in the world do you prepare for somebody like that? Yeah. Let's look well, at film from two years ago. Well, the good thing, some other guys. The good thing is we're going to have seven games before that to kind of see how it plays out. So. Hopefully we'll have we'll have, have an idea how they're going to do things. Then November fourth at Tennessee. I don't know much about Tennessee. Hopefully uh, they fall apart. Hopefully we sneak up on them. For the sake of filling this out, I got to think that the pundits probably will have them favored. So we'll just put that as an L. Then November eleventh, 
Rice, the Rice Owls. The over and under all wins for Rice, three and a half. So they don't seem like they're going to be a very good team this year, at least you know how Vegas projects them to be. They are actually projected to finish 10th in the conference if you look at how these odds shake out. So we'll we'll put that down as a W. Charlotte, who who got us last year, I think they just kind of caught us at the right time. Charlotte, over and under on wins, only four games. I, you got to think we're favored to win that game. And uh, then Marshall. Uh, Marshall supposed to be a little bit better than they were that that last year. That being said, over and under on wins for them, five games. So I'm going to put that as a W. Now, add it up. Add it up, eight and four. And that would be the over. That would be the over. But I could see some of those going either way, you know? Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, keep talking some Southern Miss football. Enjoy these messages. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Sitting here in the studio with Southern Miss Blackout Tugget legend Jason Bailey. We're talking about Southern Miss football and Conference USA football. A couple of teams we didn't quite get to. So I think we stopped at Southern Miss and kind of looked at the schedule. Old Dominion. Old Dominion, uh, sixth as far as where they, you know, as far as the odds go and as far as winning the conference. Uh, They're over and under six and a half games. So I think that's fair. I'm kind of glad we're not playing them this year. They're always dangerous, uh, but you know that that's a bowl game. You get you get to six, and and it looks like we have six teams that are that have over unders above six. So six and a half and up. Um, then we have FAU. Now we didn't talk about FAU. I want to talk about FAU simply from their new uh, head coach, mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, coming to the conference. I really hate they're not – you know, a couple of years ago when they, they showed up and we were just kind of like, ah, but I'd love for them to come this year with him and 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 Jay just to get after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be great booing them as they run into the stadium, you know, just to our right. Right, exactly. But they're they're losing some – you know, they got, a, they got a lot coming back. They lost three on both sides of the ball, but – I mean, that's a team that went three and nine, two and six in Conference USA. You got you got eight eight starters returning on offense, eight starters returning on defense, but still, that's off a three and nine team. So, who's to say how that's going to turn out? Then you got FIU, the the um, next team on down. I guess they're ninth in the pecking order. They are uh, they're over and under is four and a half. I don't know much about them. I actually met an FIU fan the other day. I was on in the elevator. I was down in New Orleans. I was in an elevator, and this this guy gets on. He's got on an FIU hat, an FIU shirt, and something FIU on his backpack. Had to have been recruiting. He didn't look like he could play. I mean, it was not a. This it, was a. It was a young guy. It was a young guy, probably late college or just out of college. And where were you? Uh, New Orleans. Okay. At a hotel. Did you like? Do you think when we say like to the top, back and forth to each other, do you just do you go f you? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happens with? I, I guess so. Maybe I just was like, man, I was like, are you an? I, it was like, here's your sign. Are you an FIU fan? Is and there a hand gesture for that? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. 
Uh, you could make one up. I'm sure Lane's going to have one for the FAU. And I hope he doesn't know one of those commercials where he just could not be any less enthused. Right. I'm sure there will be a lot of that. <laughs> but it was kind of like seeing Bigfoot, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's an FIU fan. So so how would you handle that situation? I was like, hey, FIU. And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, Southern Miss. And he's like, oh, cool. And um, about that time it stopped, and I was just – the elevator stopped, and he got off, and I was like, good luck this year. You yeah. know, just like – Wow. Like that just happened. That just happened. Hmm. Interesting. I've never ran across an FIU fan. It's it's it, it was it was almost as exciting as the time I ran into Anthony Davis. Not as quite. Would you you're like he lives in New Orleans. You mm-hmm. wouldn't expect an FIU fan to live in New Orleans. Right. So that's you a little the, more rare. The, the thing about those fans, like whenever you do see you happen to see let's just use FAU because we're talking about it. If you saw an FAU car driving around if there was a, you know, and you could tell because it had like an FIU bumper sticker. Yeah. I guarantee you there's also a Florida Gator sticker on there or something. You know, but FIU is like, I think they're the fourth largest university in the country. Yeah. And and, and this guy probably would have slapped me if I had said with the Florida Gators. I mean, there's, there's probably <laughs> some of that there, but. Um, See, that would have been a better story, though. You should have just. Yeah. Roll with it. Yeah, just roll with it. I get. If, if, I wouldn't think Florida Gators. I would think Miami Hurricanes since they're yeah. down there. But you know what I'm saying. I yeah, mean, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Totally know what you're saying. So that's Conference USA in a nutshell for you guys. So, um, but yeah, I think that's seven and a half. You know, it's, that's God. That is right on the money. That's right on the money. That's tough. I would. I don't know which way I'd go. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to see how the quarterback battle shakes out. Yeah, because or you take this exact same team that we have. And you put a experienced quarterback just on the sheet of paper. Not even saying like Nick or Austin. Just an experienced quarterback of any sort. I think I'm taking the over. Yeah. But without that quarterback and without, you know, I don't, I don't go to practice every day. I'm leaning towards the under. Well, and, and that's very understandable. Like I said, I would have probably said six and six. But those two quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks that are duking it out, you know, uh, Kendra Griggs, <laughs> Quadra Griggs, and um, oh my gosh, what Keon, a, Keon, Key, Keon Howard, both bring a new dimension to that position that we haven't had in quite some time. So yeah, well, and, and it's possible they're going to set the world on fire. I don't um, see us being as as explosive offensively, but I definitely think if we can control, if we can, you know. Avoid the turnovers and control the ball. We we could just it'll be a clock game, you know. I think we'll still be fast. I think still we'll still move, but as long as we're not fumbling the ball, I think we could eat up some some yardage. I was looking at our stats when we were talking last night. Yes, I, I pulled up a lot of the stats. That is the one that is just you know. I I, th- I want to say at the end of the year we might have been dead last in turnover ratio. Yeah, we, we were. We were you, right now. I, mean, I think we're third from the bottom. If you can just be. So if we come in middle of the pack this year, that's got to result in a couple more wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even with Nick at the helm last year, that would have um, that would have put us in the conference USA championship game. Right. So, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, it, and it sounds elementary, you know, just hey, we got to stop turning the ball over. But honestly, we have to stop turning the ball over. <laughs> yeah, we have to stop we, turning the ball. There's over. There's weapons all over the place. Whether we can get them to them or not, I don't know. But uh, I think we're gonna. We got a three-headed monster, and um, in the running back position, and 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 uh, boy, if 
Staggers comes back and is anything like himself, if uh, Julian Allen, if they actually decide, I know he, I know he's in the game. I know he's a part of the game plan and and starts. Uh, I would like to see him catch the ball more. Yeah, um, I know he's an integral part of the offense blocking wise, and he's great at that. Um, I'm not good enough at watching football <laughs> to see that. I want to see him catch it and you know run down the middle and just run away from people. Well, usually those young quarterback, inexperienced quarterbacks, they'll they'll use that tight end kind of as a safety valve, like we've talked about in the past. So I, I you know, I, I could see his numbers going up this year, even if we don't throw the ball as much. Mm-hmm. But you got you're right. You got a lot of weapons, and and been hearing good things about Isaiah Jones. Uh, Alan Zay Staggers, he's Alan Zay. You have Isaiah on one side and Stag on the other side. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to – if you can just block them for a little while. Yeah. Um, Those guys can run away from anybody. And, you, you're, and, 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 and both the quarterbacks that we have, we don't know a lot about them, but I do know they both have absolute cannons. Yeah, they've got cannons and they can run, you know. You know yeah. So we've got, we've got six starters returning on offense. Running back Edo Smith, who – he could be conference player of the year when all said and done. Devin Ferrier, uh, right? They got him listed as a right guard, uh, and then Ty Pollard. So right there, you're only two. You only got two offensive linemen coming back. So you got to rebuild that center position, and you got to rebuild the left side of the ball. The good thing is, a lot of those players were on the team last year, either saw some action or got a red shirt. Absolutely. And Absolutely. as as inexperienced as the offensive line is, it might be the deepest. We've got we've def- oh, well outside of running back yeah you know yeah so this is one of those deals everybody's in the same boat where you can forecast it then you can say barring injury exactly you know all right guys we're gonna take a break come right back we got a few more segments left right here on to the top talk. Megadeth there. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Me and Jason Bailey here in the studio. We've been kind of talking a little bit about Southern Miss football. Let's talk about returning starters on the defense. You've got uh, Xavier Thigpen at the uh, defensive end spot. And, you know, he was uh, out of action a little bit this spring, but is expected to be back with the team this summer and in the fall. Darian Yancey, also on the defensive line, slash bandit, slash hybrid position, whatever you want to call it. Cornell Armstrong at cornerback, Picasso Nelson at safety, and then uh, they've got Curtis uh, Michael listed as a boundary corner as well. So, you know, you got those guys. I think we got some depth there on the defense. I, uh, you know, we kind of lost some some folks in the secondary. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I think the defensive line should be a little more stout. We def- certainly have more speed and depth at the linebacker position. So, hopefully, defensively, we can keep the party going and, and plug some holes where we need to. We mentioned earlier when we said barring injury. Yeah. Draper Riley. Yeah. You know, how big was that, him going out last year? Absolutely. So, again, barring injury, but that's uh, literally big shoes to fill. Yeah. So, well, that's just one of the guys you you you, did you mention him? Uh, no, I didn't mention him. Okay. They don't have mean they don't have him listed as a starter, but he kind of was a little bit. Okay. I mean, you know, you had 
Yeah. He, well, he, very excited about him not being injured. I mean, yeah. he, as far as I know, he's he's good to go unless something else has happened here lately. Yeah, no, he's, he should be good to go. They kind of ex- they kind of expect him to be the leader up there, be be the stud up there. Yeah, so. and a lot of those guys in the secondary. Boy, next year we're going to have a much different conversation about the secondary. <laughs> right, right. Because all of them are leaving, but you know, yeah. but you couldn't have any more experience than, than we really have. Uh, and also, we have some exciting guys like uh, Pax Pax. Paxton Shrimp. Yeah, yeah. Got into the, uh, he made several good plays towards the end of the year last year. Um, I don't know if he's at that middle linebacker spot or defensive. I mean, I think they, he's they, one of those they, hybrid kind of guys. I think they, he put on enough size in that first year that he's going to play in that end position, that, that hybrid, that bandit position. He is a super exciting player to watch. And and that's why one of the players transferred out is because he, basically he beat him out. And and he might be my new guy. You know, I had Denarius Antoine the last two years. It's no secret. Yeah. And I just think the world of that guy. He's, How he's, are you going to dress up as Pax Pax for Halloween? I don't know. I have to get a lot bigger <laughs> and a lot better looking and more hair. <laughs> good, good luck. Yeah. Uh, we were looking at some of the team stats from last year. All right. So there's some categories that the Golden Eagles just dominated in. I mean, you look at first downs. Southern Miss 307, the opponents 193, you know. Right. That's 100 more. Rushing yards per game, 174.5. Opponents, 149.9. You know, we got the edge there. Passing yards, 3,877 versus 2,274. So we, we were averaging 298 yards a game, giving up 174 yards passing per game. So – you know, those things are great, but but really, where we missed out, turnover margin. Yeah, we might have dropped the ball. We. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at our fumbles last year. We uh, we had twenty eight fumbles. We lost sixteen of them. Our opposition had fifteen fumbles. Only lost five of them. Mm-hmm. That's eleven. Interceptions. We made ten interceptions. Uh, our opposition got sixteen of them. So that's a lot of math right there. So that's what that's what we um it's the most glaring statistic. Yeah, well, well, you know, when I know like with my regular job, and your regular job, like a lot of the time we you know, I have to look at a lot of numbers and just dive into them and, and see what pops out and just make the numbers tell a story, right? Right. Well, when you're looking at this sheet, it doesn't take a genius to, to look at the turnovers. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you mentioned, I don't know if I was on the air or in the break, but you mentioned, you know, if we just cut those turnovers in half last year, instead of coming in like third to the bottom, you know, if we come in middle of the pack, um, you know. We're in that conference championship game. Yeah. You know, you look at, let me look at, look at the third down conversion percentage. So our offense converted 41% of the time on third down. Our defense put up stops. I mean, they, they only, um, gave up a conversion 24% of the time. Which is such a skewed st- – it looks great. And you remember last year, I think we ended up like in the top 15 in total defense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we gave up just 80-yard run after 80-yard run. And then the rest – then we then we shut them down for two quarters. And, and we gave up another just like second and 12 untouched. And maybe that was a, you know, collateral damage from the type of defense we were in, the, the aggressive style. I agree. And, you know, some of the players in the secondary, knowing their position, you know. and My and, guy. And, uh, you can say it. I was not going to, but, <laughs> you know. It maybe, maybe And, and it, you know, they went through it. Uh, what? A lot of those guys have gone through several coaching changes, you mm-hmm. know, back there. You do it again, you're playing 
let's face it, that was a, was a much different defense than what they ran the year before. So, yeah, um, hopefully having another year under their belt. You know, a lot of these guys that are coming in are, have, have been in the system for a year. So hopefully we'll have some experience in some of these areas where we may not have had it last season. So all in all, I mean, it, it, it really injuries in the quarterback position. That's kind of what we how it's going to have to play out for us to have a successful year. Looking at who we have this year, defensively and offensively, and then comparing them to these stats from last year, obviously the turnover, that's got to change, right? The next one that jumps out at me is the passing yardage. I think we can agree that we're not going to throw for almost 4,000 yards this year. I hope we do. If we do, we're, we'll go undefeated. Yeah. You know? If we so, throw to our players for that many yards and not to the opposition, <laughs> we we'll, we'll definitely will have a huge year. All right, guys. We got one more break. Come back to us. We're going to shut it down. Southern Miss style. To the top, guys. To the top talk, let's shut it down. So we had a new listen this week in Alaska. So now to the top talk has been listened to in 25 countries and 41 states. We got nine states left to go. So you guys that are subscribing to us and, sh- and spreading the gospel, thank you so much. You guys that aren't, go to iTunes, Google Play, go to SoundCloud, subscribe. Give us a rating and review. And if you know anybody, any Golden Eagle fans in these nine states, send them a link to our show. So here's the states we're missing. Kansas, Maine, Nebraska, North Dakota, New Hampshire, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. I don't know what the Southern Miss alumni population is in those states. I don't think we're playing anybody from any of those states. Maybe Marshall. So when it gets close to Marshall, maybe their fans will you know, chirp in and, and check it out. But... Nine states left to go, and we're we're taking over the whole country. Wasn't that long ago? Is it like I think we we're like twenty eight states? Yeah, I mean, people are. I, it's you know, it's growing, man. It's it's it really is. It's been it's been it's a lot of fun to be a part of. You guys follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Facebook as well. To the top talk and Jamie Arrington comedy. Special thanks to everybody who came out to see our show Thursday night at the Thirsty Hippo with Sean Patton. It was an amazing show. An hour and 35 minutes. Not a soul left. Um, everybody that came was on board. It was it was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. And and I there were some listeners. Some listeners came out and, and talked to me uh, before the sh- and after the show. So really cool. Had a great time with that. Next comedy show is going to be August the 1st. At the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg, it's our second annual Laughs for Life show. The proceeds will be going to the International Myeloma Foundation as well as Cure Childhood Cancer. Our headliner this year is from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. His name is Bill Engvall. It's going to be an amazing show. Tickets are on sale right now at laughsforlife.com. There's still some left, but they are moving fast. It would not shock me for this show to sell out. It hasn't yet, but it's moving in that direction right now. Also, next week is going to be our Last for Life episode. I have I have Bill Engvall coming onto the Top Talk, as well as my good friend and Last for Life founder, Kent 
Oliver. Well, Jason, I didn't leave you much time to say much of anything, did I? I, I, I don't know. I zoned out there for a minute. <laughs> Were you counting the states? <laughs> trying to like, do I know anybody in Kansas? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing that Billy Ball thing. Yeah, it's, it, it was really, really cool. And I'm man, I tell you, man, we're we're hitting the we're hitting the home stretch, and it, it, this is when I start getting really excited about Southernist football. When you start getting into the parties next week, next Thursday, I'm going to be at the one in Jackson. You got the one in on the coast on Friday, and then you get the one in Hattiesburg a couple weeks after that. So I'm going to try to make the coast. All right, yeah, you guys come see me in Jackson. Come see Jason on the coast. I guess that does it for this week's episode. Come back next week when we'll have Bill Engvall. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.